Hey, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Looking forward to today's conversation, and we've talked to her before, Kelly Deal. She's the Senior Director of Science and Communications for the Morris Animal Foundation. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Melissa. Well, thank you for coming back and chatting with us. Let's talk a little bit for folks that aren't familiar with the Morris Animal Foundation. Talk about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, we've been around for 75 years. We're celebrating our 75th. 75th anniversary. So we're very excited about that. And we've, we're based here in Denver. And we're a leader in advancing animal health by funding studies globally that, again, uh, try to address the most important health problems facing animals of all kinds. So mm-hmm. dogs, cats, wildlife, and horses. How many studies do you currently fund right now? How much research are you funding? What is going on? Right now, we're managing about 175 studies, so quite a few, and we range anywhere between 170 and, let's say, about 220 studies at any given time. Again, a lot, a lot of studies. We give several million dollars out each year for studies, and you know, in the longevity of our foundation, we have given away just under $150 million to 3,000 studies. That is amazing. That's a lot of money. It is. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Yes. What kinds of things? You said that you study the, the most important things going on. So what kind of things are we talking about? What kind of conditions? What kind of diseases? What are you looking at? A lot. We have a pretty broad portfolio. For our small animals, as you know, cancer is a big focus for us and has been for many years and is a top concern we know for pet owners, so Mm -hmm. dogs and cats. We know it's a top leading cause of death in both dogs and cats over two years of age, which is kind of crazy to think about. And we have been investing, gosh, we're heading 55 million, if you can believe it, Mm -hmm. in nearly 400 cancer studies. So that's one of our big focuses for uh, dogs and cats. For horses, a lot has to do with some metabolic conditions. And if you know horses and legs, their legs are really important to them. So a lot of our studies are focused on health of their feet, legs, because uh, again, a horse that cannot stand up and walk is a problem. We have, as far as wildlife, boy, it's all, to be honest with you, climate-related. Diseases that are maybe creeping into uh, groups of animals that we never saw before. I think a lot of people know that amphibians, for example, are are really declining worldwide. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is due to climate change and the rise of a fungal infection, which I'm going to abbreviate BD because it's a very long name. It is wiping out amphibian populations. So we've put a big push the last couple of years in looking at amphibians. We'll do some, uh, we did ones on coastal wetlands Mm -hmm. and the health of coastal wetlands and wetland species. This year, we're going to be doing prairie Uh, grasslands Hmm. as a focus for those. So, I I mean, you can tell, like, really broad portfolio, lots of different animals. Right, and really important work, too, as you're taking a look at the environment and, yeah, what is going on with the amphibians and why are we losing so many? Exactly, exactly, and what we can do to stop it, right? Yes, And And really analyze what's going on out there. Well, and you mentioned cancer several times, and, you know, myself, like,
like so many others of our listeners right now. I lost a dog, a black lab at nine years old to some kind of a stomach cancer. And it's heartbreaking as a pet owner when you when you feel like, oh, I should have this many years with a pet and you don't get them because of something like cancer. Yeah, it's huge. And as you mentioned, and and I mentioned earlier, cancer has always been a big focus for us. And because of that, we have a Stop Cancer Forever campaign that's going on right now. It's our 10th year, which is another thing that just blows me away because I remember when we did the first Mm -hmm. one when I was just new at Morris Animal Foundation. And it's really focused on raising money to address uh, cancer issues in primarily dogs and cats, but some of our money actually goes to horses who do get cancer and wildlife as well. And we have a lovely match thanks to Petco Love and Blue Buffalo, so $100,000 match, and the campaign runs through January 30th. So we're matching donations up to 100000 which is just super. Yeah, that is fantastic. So what does the money go towards? Is it more research? Uh, are there specific programs that the Stop Cancer Forever campaign goes towards? Yeah, you know, we funnel it in a couple different directions, obviously to cancer-focused research. Some of it goes to our Golden Retriever Lifetime Study This year, we actually are going to be putting some of this money toward a brand new initiative that we just launched called our hemangiosarcoma initiative. Hemangiosarcoma, I'm sure there are people out there who've experienced with their dog. It's a horrible, horrible cancer. We uh, have not made big advances in prognosis in about 30 years. So we need, we need new, we just need new diagnostics, new treatments. Mm -hmm. And we also, so it's linked to our Golden Retriever Lifetime Study because much to our surprise, hemangiosarcoma is the number one cancer being diagnosed in that cohort, and it's the number one cause, cancer, cause of cancer-related deaths. And we were surprised. We actually knew that they got a lot of hemangiosarcoma as a breed, but mm-hmm. we did not expect to see this much. And because of it, we decided to really focus on raising money, so we're looking at multi-year, multi million dollar push if of you know looking at hemangiosarcoma and we're trying to encourage researchers to use our samples and data collected through the Golden Retriever Lifetime Study. And for folks like myself who don't know what hemangiosarcoma is, explain what it is, what kind of cancer. Absolutely. It is a peculiar cancer. It has it tends to affect just dogs. It, we hardly ever see this in any other species of animal. It has some rough analogy to a cancer called angiosarcoma in people, but it seems that there's a lot of really unique properties to it in, in dogs. It is a cancer that we now believe, and this is different maybe than what people have heard before, actually arises in the bone marrow, though we don't know how or where. Hmm. It has a pre- election for very blood-rich organs. So it tends to set up housekeeping when we diagnose these in the spleen, the liver, and the right atrium of the heart. And what happens is these things grow with very little signs. It's very hard, like you could not see this, right? If you Mm -hmm. were a dog owner, there may be no signs until these things rupture. And as I just mentioned, they're in organs and places where there's a lot of blood supply. 
die. Sure. And so dogs will suddenly collapse. They can hemorrhage to death oh. very quickly. These are emergencies and you may have a perfectly normal dog in the morning. You're in the ER in the afternoon being told your dog has a terrible cancer. You're often stuck, right? You have to do a surgery if you can. Um, obviously, if they're in the heart, those dogs are euthanized. There's nothing we can do oh. to help them. Um, and most of the dogs, most very, very few are ever cured. Few live to one year. Most dogs oh are goodness. dead by one year, even with surgery and chemotherapy. So it is a terrible, terrible cancer. Oh, that is just heartbreaking to hear. Uh, so obviously understanding that cancer a little bit better. But overall, why do you think we're seeing so much cancer in our companion animals that we do these days? You know what? That is a really good question. I get that all the time. And I've talked to a lot of experts, and I think there's a couple of things. And this is part of what we're trying to tease out with our Golden Retriever Lifetime Study. One mm-hmm. is simply that dogs are living longer. So they live long enough to get cancer, right? Okay. Because we know that cancer tends to be a old middle-aged to older dog blood, right? We don't see it very frequently under in dogs under five years of age. And there's a pretty strong belief among veterinary oncologists that we're seeing more cancer because dogs are living to an age where they can get cancer. However, there are people, a lot of us are wondering, is there something in the environment? Is there something, exposures that might influence cancer development? We know that that happens in people, and there's some evidence that certain toxin exposures may cause or at least influence cancer development in animals. And we want to know if that's the case, are there ways to mitigate that Mm -hmm. risk? Right. Like right. if it's you or me, skin cancer, right? we put on put on sunblock. Right. Yep. Is there something we can do in animals if we can find a link mm-hmm. right between toxin exposure? And we've got a couple studies right now that are looking at that. Mm. I love the work that you're doing. It really it is incredible. And just thinking how far reaching it, it definitely could be. Tell us a little bit about the Golden Retriever study, the Lifetime Golden Retriever study. We've talked about it before. Where are you now? Now in the study, what year are you in? We are in our 10th year. We're about ready to celebrate our 11, 11th anniversary, which is amazing. Yeah. And this study was started in 2012. We enrolled 3,044 Golden Retrievers. We finished enrollment in March of 2015. So eight years, which mm-hmm. is of data since we closed the study. And we are following these dogs their entire lifetime. It is not an interventional study, which means means we don't do anything to those dogs, right? Mm-hmm. We don't tell people how to treat their dogs for disease. We don't tell them what kind of preventive measures they sure. may want to take. They just out there live in their lives. And we are collecting data uh, every year. People fill out a big questionnaire as do their veterinarians about everything from do you have carpet in your house or hardwood floors or do you put any kind of pesticides on your lawn? Does your neighbor do any kind of treat lawn treatments? What diseases have your dog has your dog developed in the last year? And we're collecting all that data in addition to biologic samples. So we collect blood hair, feces, toenails, urine every year on these guys and we bank it for researchers. What are some of the things that you've learned through this study? Oh boy, that is a good question. A lot of what we've learned so far that we've published and talked about really has to do with young dogs, right? Because all of our dogs are now average age 
pretty soon they're going to be nine, but they're about eight, yeah. eight and a half. Uh, and so, you know, they've all aged out. So we learned a little bit about timing of spaying and neutering and the development of obesity, which all dogs, it didn't matter what age they were spayed or neutered, they have a higher incidence of obesity and being overweight. So something for owners to watch out. We also learned that if these Goldens were spayed or neutered under at six months or younger, that they had a higher incidence of ligament injury as oh. they got older. So uh, I think that's not probably too strange for people out there now that information's sure. been out for a few years, but it confirms that. Right now, we're working really hard with several different groups to finally do, you know, where the where the tire meets the rubber meets the pavement, which is looking at risk factors for cancer, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, we have enough cancer diagnoses now to start analyzing that data. So right. we have some people just looking at data and some people who are starting to ask us for samples. And we have people looking at blood. We have one really interesting study that's looking at blood and urine in dogs uh, for toxin, like heavy metal exposure sure. yeah. and, and cancer. Wow. I, yeah, just incredible work that you're doing. And what was the fact? You told me, I think the last time we talked, the fact about how many golden retrievers, what the percentage that will come down with cancer? Because it was high. It is. It is reported as 60%. And I will say that that may be higher in our cohort right now as a cause of death. However, I'm going to hedge a little and say that we're moving to, we had our first teenager. So we're very excited. We had our first dog reach 13 years of age and Mm. we anticipate like some dogs are going to get older, right? Right. So that may skew that data, right? Because right now a lot of dogs are dying of cancer. It's probably, in fact, I can say it's our number one cause of death Uh. right now for the dogs at the age that they're at. But again, it, that may change when they get older. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's an interesting study to keep up with. Kelly Deal, Senior Director of Science and Communications for the Morris Animal Foundation. Thank you for your time. For folks who want to get involved, make that donation, get that match going on right now. What do they need to do? They can go to our website, morrisanimalfoundation.org, and you're going to see a lot of advertisement for the Stop Cancer Forever campaign, and we would sure appreciate a donation. Yeah, we talked about how much money we raise, and by far and away, individual donors are how we raise the majority of our funds. Kelly Deal with Morris Animal Foundation. Thank you so much for your time. Great talking to you as always. And once again, the website, if you want to make a donation and to get more information is morrisanimalfoundation.org. I'm Melissa Moore. Thank you for being with us on this Sunday morning and joining Mile High Magazine. To listen to this interview again, share it with someone else. It is available by podcast at the radio station's website. So just check it out there. But I'll see you back here next Sunday. Go out, have a blessed day, and remember to be kind to everyone.